Join the conversation. You're with Cape Talk. Is Israel in breach of uh, the ruling by the International Court of Justice and uh, the military offensive in Gaza has persisted despite a United Nations court order to end plausible acts of genocide? And the United Nations top court has ordered Israel to prevent and punish actions that could lead to or incite genocide in Gaza. Um, But in the weeks that followed this particular ruling, Israeli forces have continued the devastating assault on Gaza. And now the Israeli prime minister has come out and he said that, you know what, we are going to be going into a ground offensive into Rafah, where most or more than half of the Gaza population has fled to seek shelter. Palestinians are trapped with nowhere to go. So what can be done to end the Israeli onslaught? We are joined this morning by Professor Emeritus of International Law at UNISA, Professor Andre Thomashausen. Professor, a very good morning to you and welcome to the Early Breakfast Show. Yes, good morning. Good morning, Cape Talk and listeners. Professor, what do you think should be done to end the loss of life in the Middle East? Well, I, I have my whole life um, uh, tried to explain to students and listeners that uh, international law is an incomplete legal system in the sense that it doesn't have any enforcement mechanisms. Uh, the only possible enforcement would be a United Nations Security Council resolution that would, for instance, impose sanctions. But as we know from the case of uh, Russia and the Ukraine, um, those sanctions do not really inform or change the conduct of, of states. So um, it, is, it is a little bit of a wishful thinking to, to believe that suggesting to the International Court of Justice now to, to adopt further measures in addition to those already adopted would, um, would actually save a single life in Gaza. Mm. And, and we know, of course, when it comes to the Security Council, um, a number of countries have got veto power to veto whatever decisions are, are taken in that Security Council. Do you think that where should the initiation come from for a ceasefire in, in the Middle East? Is it the Palestinians talking to the Israelis or is it somebody intervening and becoming a mediator between the two? No, there is mediation in progress. South Africa is not part of it because it with its action before the International Criminal Court accusing Israel of genocide, it, it sort of moved itself out of the of the mediation role. Uh, the mediation is being conducted by Egypt, Qatar, uh, and France very significantly, but all the other powers in the region, including America, uh, have been trying their best uh, night-long sessions to hammer out an agreement. The agreement is, is always held back. It's always failing because... Hamas is refusing or is making it un, uh, unbelievably difficult to resolve the issue of the hostages. Whilst Israel has always said they are prepared to stop all use of force once the hostages are freed. So this is the sticking point. And in my view, it's very similar to, to one of those infamous airplane hijacking situations in the 80s where some 300 passengers are suddenly taken hostages by, by a handful of people who want to, to force the world to, to accept their demands. And, um, and there, has, there is a widespread state practice not to give in to such extortion, to such hijacking, because if you give in once, then it will most surely happen again and again and more frequently. So one can understand that the big nations are, are not prepared to 
to let go of the hostage situation. Chatting this morning to Professor Andre Thomas-Hausen and uh, Professor Emeritus at, uh, of International Law at UNISA, and we're chatting about the fact that the now Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is threatening possible ground offensive in Rafah, uh, where more than half of the Gaza population has now fled to seek shelter. If you'd love to comment on this, we'd love to hear from you on uh, 011-883-0702 and on the WhatsApp line on 072-702-1702. The South African government now wants to request the International Court of Justice um, to further intervene in, in this particular war and to stop probably the Israeli Defence Force going into the, the area of Rafa. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of casualties, and it's always the casualties of war um, that are affected the most eventually, you know, in terms of who is left behind and how to rebuild a country. Wh- why is South Africa then asking for further intervention from the ICJ? Well, what the ICJ can do is it, it, it can delegitimize the conduct of a government. And, and we know this from the struggle against apartheid, but it took decades uh, of, of uh, lobbying and of international legal actions to, uh, to eventually uh, get a sufficient number of countries to agree that the apartheid system was, uh, was uh, unlawful under international law, was a crime under international law, and, and had to end. So, so this persuasive effect of international litigation, yes, that is important. But in the short term, it is normally, it doesn't bring about immediate results. There's a moral, I think there's a moral motivation by the South African government that they say, regardless of the possible results, we, we have to stand up and, and call it out. Uh, but I do, I do, um, I did listen to the Israeli ambassador in London yesterday on Sky News. Where he gave a big interview and he assured uh, the world that that Israel would not uh, conduct any military offensive in Rafa without having uh, ensured that the civilian population can get out of harm's way. There is talk of establishing ten tent cities outside Rafa. Uh, he made a strong point that, that uh, whatever remains of Hamas, apparently four battalions, 4,000 highly trained and armed men, uh, is in tunnels under Rafa, and for Israel's future security, for, for people to be able to live um, normally, uh, that has to be uh, sorted somehow. Uh, but I think Israel is very well aware of the of the devastating risk of, of creating a bloodbath, and I don't think they will do it. Mm. The, the the threats have always come from the Israelis saying, you know, we we are going into the area and what we're doing is to, to wipe out Hamas, and that is what we want to do. Because not everybody in the world and not all the countries in the world have actually recognized Hamas as as being the leading power in, in Palestine, as a matter of fact. Um, what 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 will South Africa's approach be? Will it just be basically to ask the International Court of Justice to speak to Israel or to come to some kind of kind of legal conclusion about not going into Rafa? Well, all the international court the international court is not a mediator. They don't speak to to people. Mm. They can make another order. They can say uh, we order Israel uh, to um, uh, to see planning for a military offensive would incur an enormous loss of civilian life. 
Um, it is it is important because in Israel also the opinions on this are very divided. The the, the relatives, the families of the remaining hostages are, are staging sit-ins, and they they are demanding that the government should simply accept whatever conditions that could result in the release of the hostages. Uh, and yes, the Netanyahu government is is also possibly going to lose its majority in in parliament. Um, things aren't. You know, Israel is a is an open society. It's a democracy. It has a free press. It has newspapers like Haaretz, who are uh, aggressively criticizing mm. the the course yeah. of action that that Netanyahu has taken. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that Netanyahu, as a matter of fact, um, you know, is is interested in in public opinion or popular opinion. 